Picture two trains moving in the same direction, each at different speeds. To the passengers on the slower train, it can seem like they're at a dead standstill, unable to detect their parallel movement forward. This was the feeling I had while sitting on my couch in 2001, in between tours, watching some 41 on Much Music and the video for their song Pain for Pleasure off their album All Killer, No Filler. I had to pick up my jaw off the floor. And this was because A, Sum 41 had managed to effortlessly poke fun of the heavy metal and glam rock genres in one fell swoop through perfect musical execution and Halloween costume wigs, and B, the singer, one Derek Wibley, was the same kid I used to see around Toronto when I'd go on one of my walks, and he'd be walking with treble chargers Greg Norrie. And I had no idea the guy was even in a band until I saw that video. So, imagine my surprise. Back in 2001, we thought we were the shit. We were the only band from our scene touring abroad. And to be honest, I felt pretty proud of what we were doing. Then came Sum 41 and their bullet train sped right past us. Being that they were from Ajax and I was from Scarborough, we were from the same east side of the tracks, and it literally hit home a little more for me. Add to the fact that I had seen Derek randomly everywhere and anywhere throughout 1997 to 1999 when I'd be out and about. Even to this day, no matter where I am, when I see Derek, I can't help but think that's that kid on Young Street I used to see just walking around. But with Sum 41, there were other added factors, like the story of how they landed their record deal, which has now become a bit of a kind of a bit of a, an industry legend. It was my old roommate, Richard Switzer, who cut the video that inevitably landed on the right record honcho's desk that played a big part in getting them signed. I remember visiting Richard at his work and seeing these guys looking over his shoulder. At the time, I had no idea what was going on there. When I finally saw the video, it was pretty obvious these guys deserved the record deal and deserved it fast. The final factor was the guy on lead guitar, Dave Brownsound Buksh. It was honestly pretty cool to see a brown guy up there repping and ripping hard up on lead guitar. So my interest in this band was peaked more so than any other band in their genre. Dave left Sum 41 in 2006 but returned by year's end with his own band, Brown Brigade, a metallic goulash that allowed Brown Sound to spread his heavier side a little wider. They had two releases, the EP Appetizer for Destruction, followed by the LP Into the Mouth of Badness in 2007. Both were released on Aquarius Records in Canada, which immediately made us label mates. But it was when we both participated in a Ron Boudreaux photo session, along with Billy Talent's Ian DeSaud, did we finally get a chance to meet up and hang out. Even though all three of us were from different corners of heavy music, we all became fast friends. Since then, Dave has kept busy with The Organ Thieves and Black Cat Attack. In 2015, he rejoined Sum 41 full-time after a nine-year absence, and we met up again this past April when we played four shows together across Canada, along with Papa Roach, another band we have somewhat of a shared past experience with. Anyways, leading up to these dates, 
I messaged Dave to ask him to come on the podcast and we made a date to do it while out on tour together in Calgary, Alberta. Doing podcasts on the road and without my proper gear, I'm often left to whatever the circumstances dictate. And this episode was recorded in our dressing room that had, for some odd reason, the highest ceilings in the venue. So there is a bit of an echo. My apologies in advance for this, but no matter, because this is one great episode with Dave. When it comes to the world of heavy metal, there can be a lot of showboating, bravado, peacocking, and boasting. But nobody, and I mean nobody, will ever be able to top what Dave Brownsound did back in 2003 during the Metallica MTV Icon Show, honoring the band Metallica. Sum 41 kicked off the ceremony by playing a medley of Metallica tunes, and Dave delivered a spot-on, note-for-note, Master of Puppets solo right in front of Kirk Hammett himself. Nobody during the taping came close to pulling anything like that off. And for that, Dave has my utmost respect as a guitarist and performer. This episode comes to you with the support of Blue Mike Microphones, Skull Candy Headphones, and Chino Locos Burritos because theirs are the best. Please leave a rating or a review online. It helps the podcast's profile. And I'm so grateful for all the reviews that have been posted already. All positive too, so wow. (laughs) I've said this before, I do this podcast not out of a need to carve out a new vocation for myself, but to simply entertain myself and keep me busy while out on the road. When someone tells me they listen to the podcast, I immediately feel like someone has penetrated my inner thoughts, but I'm very glad that people are listening. Okay. Let's get this episode going. Dave Brownsound is this episode's guest on the official Danko Jones podcast, and it starts now. Hey, it's the Danko Jones podcast. You can check us out iTunes and SoundCloud right now, right now, cause it's the Danko Jones podcast, check us out right now. There's only one podcast to listen to in this world, and that's the Danko Jones podcast. Listen to the Danko Jones Podcast! When Danko and Henry Rollins talked about Joseph Stalin, I was absolutely mesmerized. And when Ian from Billy Talent took Danko to task, going so far as to call him an asshole, I could hear remorse in Danko's voice. It's a truly touching and emotionally engaging podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, get ready because the Danko Jones podcast starts. Now. All right, Dave, we finally got you here. Yeah. It's been like uh, 
We've been on tour for four days, and I only saw you yesterday. I know, I know. The first two days, it was like everybody was kind of, I guess, gathering their own. Uh, we were talking to uh, your sound guy, Corey, and he was like, yeah, guys just flew in from everywhere, and yeah, so... And I've, I heard they've been putting you on the other side of the venue, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was Cone's request. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was good, actually. We didn't want to say anything. The uh, well, We were put in the home team dressing room yeah. in the, uh, I think it was Dawson Creek, and we were like, this is amazing! <laughs> Don't tell anyone! <laughs> <laughs> I know, and then today you guys are like in a room filled with guitars. You guys get to see this. It's like pictures of all the the country and rock and roll megastars that have played this casino. Yeah. Yeah, we are in a casino. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> so true. Like, come on, man, Kenny Rogers right there. Yeah. It's within arm's length. I know. So, um, so I had, I don't know, I, you know, we just do these, it's just a conversation, a loose conversation. And the last time we saw each other was years ago. Yeah, absolutely. Years ago, we did a photo shoot together with Ian DeSaw. Absolutely, yeah. And that was the first time we all got to hang out for the day. I thought it was really cool that we we all met. I've always wanted, I always wanted to yeah. meet you and... I didn't know Ian that well at that point, yeah. so it was good to touch base with him again and stuff. But, yeah, because, uh, I mean, as far as, like, as as uh, fame goes within Canada, we're kind of like the the minority trifecta of guitarists, right? <laughs> yeah, the, the brown guy's yeah, playing yeah. guitar. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yeah. I, I remember when I, saw, when I saw you guys, when you guys started getting played on Much Music, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's another one! <laughs> That's great because I mean, one of the first times I'd, I'd heard of you, I was in a band called 747, and uh, my singer, uh, a guy named James, who uh, who does dub now for like a Mexican label, crazy, crazy stuff, really, really cool project. And uh, he was just like, "You got to check check out this band, Danco Jones. Start writing some riffs like him." So I was like, "All right." So I, I checked it out. And I was like, "Oh my god, this is like so rock and roll." So. We immediately like wrote a song for 747 after listening to you guys. No way! Yeah, I want to hear yeah, that. Absolutely. I want to yeah. hear that, man. You gotta send me that track. It's, it's on a tape, and the lyrics are like uh, he he used to take lyrics from uh, nursery rhymes and stuff like that. Oh right. And nobody really understood his style. You know what I mean? But but all of us knew James really well, so you know we were like, oh yeah, man, awesome, awesome, awesome. But it was just like the song was called. I think it was called. Um, frequency or something like that i can't remember but the chorus was like down by the bay where the watermelons grow right but it was a reference to racial tension oh and everybody was just like why the fuck is he saying that that's (laughs) that's like an old nursery rhyme right but Yeah. yeah oh that's cool i didn't know that and then i told you yesterday that uh i could have the story wrong but uh, one of the ways back in the day that you got on Island Records was this infamous yeah, EPK yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that, yeah. that you know the whole music industry was talking about. Yeah. Like, there's this band and they're fucking crazy. And this is like pre-Jackass, yeah. pre-all that shit. You know? Absolutely. I mean, for, to be honest though, I mean, a lot of people were doing it. So we weren't the originators of okay. it. But definitely like like CKY and stuff like that. They they had their their own kind of thing going, but oh CKY makes sense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Of course, right, yeah. there's a there's a connection there. But I'd heard about this uh, EPK, this electronic press kit, because my roommate yeah. Richard Switzer cut know, the the press kit. So he was telling me about this, and and he was saying these guys are going to get signed, and these kids are like you know these 
doctor. And I'm just like, I was like, is this how you get signed now? You gotta, you gotta do this like crate. And then I go, let me see this fucking video. Yeah. God damn. So we went to Helios where Richard was working out. Of, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, he showed it to me, and I was like, oh, that's that was fucking hilarious. Yeah, At the man. end, it was fucking. Of yeah. course, you're gonna sign these. Four guys. I remember the amount of times we went to go visit Richard. It was like, because uh, he was right at Richmond and Spadina there, right? That's right, yeah. Yeah, so we'd always go to the Mama's Pizza there, too. And I remember directly after that, like, Nori sitting me down and having a conversation, just like, hey, man, you got to lose some weight. Right? Really? Wait, he was right. He was absolutely right. Like, I was sitting there, like, I couldn't really tie my shoelaces up at the time. So I was like, all right, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. I've been eating Mama's Pizza so many, like... So many times. Oh, <laughs> Switzer, you're the <laughs> Well, you know, it's so funny is whenever, you know, your name comes up, some 41, I always go, at the time, this is going years before you guys got signed. Yeah. I would see, maybe Derek said this too, I would see Derek uh, with my, I, it would be me, I didn't have a car. I was, yeah, bro- yeah. I was dead broke. Okay, I hear you. Yeah. So... I was going out with my ex-girlfriend, and the only way we can go out is if we walk to wherever we got to go. So we would walk, yeah, and we'd always bump in to uh, Greg and, Dad, and right? this guy yeah. he was always with. Yeah. I didn't know who he was. He never said anything. Yeah. Whenever the four of us would be talking, he wouldn't say a word. Yeah. It would just be you know us talking. And the next thing I think, I see him on, much, on TV, I'm like... And and that's how I, I remember some forty one. It's like I would see him all the, every all over the city with with Greg and walking around. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they started their relationship early on. I mean, before I was even in the band, I think Greg had uh, played a Supernova show. You remember those? Supernova was like a uh, I forget what they are now, but um, they would uh, have the band sell tickets to the shows, rent out venues. Whoever sold the most tickets oh. got the best spot. Oh, as far as damn. lineups, dude. No, yeah, it was like a weekly battle of the bands. Oh, I didn't know. I had no idea. Yeah, about that. yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So, so uh-huh. like all of us would would uh, would take part in these things. Right. And um, Nori uh, and Treble Charger were playing like it was like win a show with Treble Charger. Right. So some forty one uh, got their got their names on that show, and Greg saw them and like picked them up from then on, and then. From there, it was like a, uh, oh, God, that had to be a, that was a good, like, nine, ten-year relationship that we had with Greg. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, and that's how I totally, re- that's, some 41, I was like, that's that kid, man, who wouldn't say a word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When yeah, we I, would bump into him on the street. I know, and he's he is still, to this day, he's a pretty quiet dude, but him and I, we always had this uh, this thing where we just hit it off, like, First day I met Derek, we were in transportation technology, and uh, I remember oh, I was so I was so dumb. So I had this idea to start a, a metal band, and I was like, "Man, I got this name for a heavy metal band, right?" And he's like, "What?" And I'm like, "Holocaust," <laughs> and he's just like, "Derek's like, no man, you shouldn't do that," and I was like, "Man, I don't know." I think it's I think it's the right amount of like <laughs> right like in I think it's I think it's in your face I think it's kind of like along the lines of like suicidal tendencies and he's like no man <laughs> don't do it yes 
<laughs> it was almost to the point where I'd like start drawing the logo and he'd just keep on erasing it, like, no, come up with something else. Yeah. Right, right. Now, this is before Sum 41, or? This is before Sum 41. So I was playing in a death metal band in, it would have been 94 when we first met. I was in a death metal band called Embodiment. Okay. And then um, we kind of crossed paths every now and then at local shows at a place called the Chameleon Cafe in Ajax. Okay. It's now like a tire plant. So, That's a, yeah, I remember you guys are from yeah. Ajax Pickering. Right? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. So a bunch of us would play this place, where uh, it was owned by the, a family called the Weddings, and uh, they would let any bands, like no matter what age you were, you could play there, and you know you could hang out. It was a good spot. Isn't that where all those Pickering bands played? Like yeah, Mount Havoc and yeah, Domestic totally. Violence. Absolutely, and all that stuff? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And we even had a, a couple of the bigger bands back in the day, like Mundane, come through and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. It was pretty rad, man. Yeah, I, I, I do remember that. And that's that's another thing that I think a lot of people don't really make the connection with you, mm-hmm. being in Sum 41. You're like you're like a metal dude. Even I didn't realize it until, like, uh, um, what is it, MTV Icon with Metallica. Yeah, yeah. And then I, I think that was the first thing I said to you when I first met you. Yeah. I'm like... Holy! I was watching it. My jaw was. Dr- I, dr- I didn't know. I had no idea. And since then, I realized, oh, you're a fucking full head, full on metalhead. Well, yeah. I mean, I if in in all truths, I love heavy metal, and that's that's where my first my first riff that I learned on guitar. That's you know that's where it's from. But um, I have a massive background in like reggae and funk because of how my my parents brought me. Right. So like. I mean, just like, just as much as I love, you know, Persistence of Time, you know, I love Walk, Don't Run by the, by the Ventures, right? Right. Okay. Yeah, so it's like... I see. Yeah. But still, I mean, you know, when you're in the, when you're in the punk world of like Sum 41 and yeah. also the pop world as well, Yeah. it's, it can get frustrating when, you know, I've, it's happened to me when some kid in a Slipknot shirt gives you attitude, I'm like... You motherfucker. I saw fucking nuclear assault when you were in your mom's you know what I mean? Like fuck you, you know. So yeah. I was I was still have that thing like Yeah, I mean it it I'm used fucking to, down. Yeah, yeah. I'm I more know. down than you, you little oh, shit. Dude, the punk rock kids used to be the worst for that back yeah. in the day. But nowadays it's like um because we've we've had some time and I'm sure you get the same thing. It's like we've been around for so long as yeah. as parts of, of uh, the Canadian music business, it's like now I'm getting like gutter punks come up to me in like weird places. So I, I used to never see gutter punks or mohawks or whatever you want to call them in the, in the mall. But now like I'll have a, a kid with a mohawk come up to me in the mall and be like, oh, Sum 41, I can't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh man, we used to get spit on by you yeah, dudes. Yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah. It does come around. It yeah, does come around. Absolutely. But- uh, but still, you know, and, and here's a here's a funny thing that I just re- remembered the other day yeah. leading up to this. We were now you were not in some forty one at the time. Okay, we were in uh, it was twenty thirteen. Yeah, we were at Soundwave in Australia. Okay, so some forty one was playing. Yeah, Billy Talent was playing. Oh, and there, do you hear about this? No, I haven't. Heard Anthrax, this. Metallica, Slayer. Oh, we're all on the bill. So we're all backstage, and I'm yeah. talking to Ian. Ian from Billy Town. Yeah. And we're like, yeah, shooting the shit and blah, blah, blah. Fucking Carrie King comes up to us. Oh, no way. Shit. He goes right up to Ian. He goes, yo, what's up? Hey, hey, man. And he walks away. I'm like, 
holy shit, man, you know Carrie King? And he goes, I've never met Carrie King in my life. And oh, then we just, no. did the, then we're backtracking and we're like, <laughs> oh shit. You know who he thinks you are, man? Oh, dude. And that was, we dude, had a laugh. Ian and I have been like back to back at a baggage claim. And literally at the same time, somebody's come up to Ian and been like, Dave, can I get your autograph? Somebody's come to me and, and been like, Ian, oh, I love Billy Talent. Can I get your autograph? And we're just, sure. Just yeah, sign him up, right? Ian, yeah. do you write Ian? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So, <laughs> Oh, that was so funny. Because it was like, it was, because he was, you know, if yeah. people don't know, Carrie King was in a Sum 41 video. Yeah, So it absolutely. makes sense, you know? Yeah, man. I, I, that day was a trip because I remember uh, we, we get there super early. Uh, Carrie King is uh, hanging out already. I don't know what time his call time was, but he was hanging out. He's just like, oh, all right, so you guys going to have a drink with me? I'm like, yeah, yeah, why not? All right. We're expecting, like, I don't know, like moonshine. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just like moonshine, <laughs> moonshine and blood. That's what yeah, we're yeah, thinking, yeah. right? And he's like, I got this stuff called rumple mints. We're like, what? Okay, some sort of evil... German Jagermeister, let's let's go for it, right? Yeah. It's like mint liqueur, right? And we're like, ooh, this is almost scarier. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is shocking, right? Not to take anything away from Carrie King, but but it was like it was kind of out of left field, right? We're like, holy, sh- all right, Carrie King likes rumble mints, all right. Fair I enough. bet he was like, yeah, I just did it a fuck with a man. <laughs> Let's see how long the story comes back to me. I think that dude is so much, he's so whole as a man that it doesn't matter. Right. Romance is just, there you go. Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, now that's cool because yeah. Carrie King likes it. You know, whatever <laughs> exactly. you're into, dude. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it's like, there's a few guys like that in metal where it's like, oh, really? Well, then yeah. I should like that too, right? Dude, that was, <laughs> that was anthrax for me. So I grew up, I remember my first pair of jam shorts was because of a, a picture of uh, Scott Ian and Charlie Benante sitting uh, at the top of a bowl. Or sorry, it was an interview. And they're being interviewed at, uh, at a skate bowl. And uh, yeah, they're just in jam shorts. And I'm like, those, that's the coolest look I've ever seen in my life. That's very familiar. I think you, I think you did say that to me when we met. We were talking metal and you said yeah. Anthrax is your band. Yeah, that's, that's definitely like... Out of all the bands, that was the one that I my first riff was was Cotton Mosh. Right. So I was like figuring it out, like guitar in my lap, kind of playing like Jeff Healy. My cousin taught me how to hold the guitar and <laughs> Right. Yeah. Oh cool. Yeah, so yeah, that that was yeah. Oh that's so cool. Ever since then it's been anthrax nonstop. Wow. Well that well when we did that Soundwave Festival, they yeah. were on there and I, I I managed to meet Joey Belladonna was so Dude, nice to one me. One of the nicest man. guys, absolutely. So nice. Yeah. And, and Scott was cool to me too. Yeah, I didn't get to, to meet Charlie. He wasn't on that tour. Oh, who was drunk? Yeah, for him? they had the they had a sub in for that whole cycle almost. Oh no way! Yeah, and even on that, a few months later, we ended up in uh, Woodstock, Poland. Oh wow! With Anthrax and us, and then a yeah. whole bunch of other Polish bands. We were the only two like Western bands on the bill. Yeah. So I ended up in their dressing room talking to them, and Charlie wasn't there either. Was that? Southern guy, I think. He, oh. I can't remember what band he was in. I can't remember his name. I have to do but, some trivia. Yeah, yeah. Find out what happened to Charlie over yeah. those years. Yeah, and it was. I think it was like 
what, 20th anniversary or something? They were doing the whole um, Among yeah. the Living thing at that time. Oh, no way. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. I know that. So one. they just yeah, really yeah. just went through every song on Among the Living after us. Yeah. And uh, it was a great, great day because lo- that's my favorite Anthrax record. Yeah, that's absolutely. What that's I got, a great one, man. That's what I got into them. Yeah. And then when we did the Volbeat tour, same year. Yeah. You know how Rob is now in Volbeat. He was yeah. in Anthrax. So every sound check... I'd fucking bust into some anthrax. Some anthrax, riff. nice. And then I come up to Rob. I'm like, hey, "You hear that? Did you hear a sound check?" Yeah. And he'd be like, "No, man, I didn't, I didn't hear your sound check." Oh, for <laughs> fuck's sake, oh, man! I, was, oh. I, I played four anthrax. Try again tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah I did every day. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like uh, I think um, they're kind of back on track. I believe. Yeah, know? yeah, they're they're touring heavy. Yeah, I think we play with them a couple times uh, during a festival run this year. So I'm gonna go break down the door and. So you're you, you're. You're in with those dudes, right? Uh, I was a while ago, but uh, we, we've lost touch over the years. Right. So I'm going to go break down the door and be like, yo, why is no one returning my calls? That's cool, man. Yeah. <laughs> I tried to get Scott on the podcast during yeah. that Australia run, but it was it was a tough go. Uh, he was pretty busy. Yeah, I hear you. And then uh, we did the motorboat together and still too busy. But you know, I, dude, I'm I, getting Scott on. See, I feel like Frank Bello might be the guy he's the one that might have all the like kind of sits in the background and sees what goes on you know what i mean he's a he, he's a I, I remember i heard this eddie trunk interview with them yeah he's the funniest out of all of them 100 percent, yeah yeah I, i'd love to i'd yeah. love to sit with frank that'd I be amazing maybe hung out with frank once and it's always brief right oh uh-huh. but yeah he had me laughing for sure yeah he seems like a real kind of a funny dude like yeah just, he was the one with all the with all the zingers during the interview, and all the other guys were like, "Oh yeah, yeah." Like, even Scott, like I was like, well, he, "He must take over like in the dressing room or something." Yeah, like he uh, he. I walked into their dressing room. They were playing um, where was it? John the Bat Center in London with uh, Judas Priest. Ooh. And uh, before we got there, like some guy is just like, "Hey, some forty one." I'm like, "Yeah." He's like, "Open your hand," and I'm like, "Okay." And this is like the last time I've ever said yes to open your hand right dude just dumps a pile of weed in my hand and i'm like uh, what am i supposed to do with it i'm like no man it's cool you can you can take this he's like closes my hand <laughs> he's like that's yours now right so i'm like all right so i got my i got my free weed in my hand i forget all about it i just have my fist clenched because i'm like heading to uh the anthrax dressing room. right like, all right check my hair make sure no nose hairs, anything like that, right? <laughs> Get to the room, and I go to shake... Oh, sorry, it was my right hand, so I go to shake somebody's hand. I'm just like... Just one second. So I go to... <laughs> I go to the band that's, like, famous. Their quote is, like, we don't do drugs, you get our meaning, right? Yeah. And just dump a handful of weed in their garbage can. Oh, my God, really? <laughs> yeah. Fucking Bello just goes, Canada, eh? Um, we were label mates once. Um, when we were on Aquarius, you were Brown oh, Brigade. Yeah, that's Remember right. That? That's right. Yeah, Remember that shit? That, yeah. that happened around that same time, right? Yeah. So with Brown Brigade, um, and then 
I don't know what it was. We were on tour somewhere in Ottawa, and I saw a poster, and the promoter said, yeah, that's Dave's new outfit. I'm yeah. Like, I didn't even know this. So what's going on with you musically now? Like, what, what do you got going on? So, you got more going on than some. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, uh, there's a band I, I, it's, I've kind of like slipped back almost into like a, a Gerowitz role with, um, with Black Hat Attack. So, That's the band. Yeah, absolutely. We so, saw a, 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 a promo poster for that. Yeah, it, it's basically like it's it's rock and roll. Like if uh, if rock and roll, it basically we love Turbo Negro, we love Misfits stuff like that. So we all get together. The lyrics are you know super super dorky. Like everything on the uh, the record previous to us was all about horror, science fiction. The last record was like you know. One Night on Vampire Beach, stuff like that. Cool. So, I love that shit. Like horror, horror punk. Yeah, absolutely. And every record is uh, based around the fact that we inadvertently like saved the world with our music. So we have a we have a skit about it every before every record, and right. another kind of alien race is trying to <laughs> kill us so that we so that we can't save the world again. Right. Right. So. Um, it's. Uh, I I basically had uh, Brown Brigade folded on one of the worst notes ever. Like, all of us are friends, mm-hmm. but uh, uh, the label, Aquarius, we had just gotten offered an opening spot for an Aussie tour across Canada. And they were like, yeah, no, we don't think so. And we were like, okay, all right. So we checked the coffers, couldn't make the tour happen, and yeah, that was how Brown Brigade ended. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was pretty tragic. Oh. Yeah, so. Oh, man. But I mean, you know, Aquarius is is a label. They've been around for a while, and you know they. Ah, it's too bad. They chose what they had to do, right? Yeah. So yeah, it sucked. It hurt, and like, but I do appreciate the way the failure felt. You know what I mean? Because we we all know that like you gotta you gotta get knocked down in order to to really learn how to live. You know what I mean? And really be thankful for what you have. So I went and uh, I started Organ Thieves, or started playing in Organ Thieves with uh, my buddy Chuck Coles, who is an incredible, incredible musician, um, great singer-songwriter. Uh, he worked with Nori for a little bit, worked on, a, on the latest Hunter Valentine record. And uh, he, he ended up um, kind of moving more towards a... Um, an acoustic project because all of us in Organ Thieves we were we were going as hard as we could but then it, it just it just folded somehow so I was sitting there and I was like oh man you know what like I've kind of relied on on the Canadian music industry twice now and been let down really hard mm-hmm. so then Black Hat Attack it was this kind of it was I, I produced two records for them already and they were looking into getting another guitar player. So I was like, all right, you know what? Like, um, I'd, I'd like to start playing with you guys if, if, you know, if that's all right. I know all the songs, I've produced them. And they were like, yeah, we'd love to. So we started and it was just this amazing, liberating feeling of like just going with nobody's help. So we just released the record, put it out, toured up and down the, the, uh, the East Coast of the United States, uh, did like some, some out-of-province stuff and... It felt amazing because hmm. it was just like, man, nobody, nobody's helped us. Nobody's had a hand in what we do. We do exactly what we want, and yeah. Where is it now? 
Right now, uh, we're just about to uh, start recording the new demos for the new record. Okay. So, uh, Ejaculation was released last year, and then, yeah. <laughs> All right. We, we try to put out six songs every year. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. So, cool. nice, short, sweet. You that's know. nice. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's what a lot of bands are doing, just EPs now. Yeah. I noticed that. It makes sense. I mean, you can concentrate and make six bangers, and then mm. that's good, you know, no yeah. fodder. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... I'm old school, though. I gotta put out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, man. Yeah. EP. (laughs) Because there there was talk of us just doing, let's just put out like two EPs and three EPs. Why don't we just do one album? Yeah. (laughs) I heard. But, but, oh, I see a lot of bands just going that way. Yeah. Also, because the attention span and the amount of music these days, it's like. Just give it to me. Just give me the best and yeah, move on. Exactly. So yeah, exactly. no, I, I I get it, but I still I still want to I want to discog like I want a a body of work, you know, body yeah. of LPs, you know. I hear you. So I hear you. Yeah, it's, yeah. I'd love to put out an album every year. I yeah, mean, it'd be awesome too. Yeah, you know, but it's it's hard to do that. Yeah, time time is definitely definitely short because touring cycles are are longer these days. Like, mm, yeah, we definitely got to go out and you guys and work our stuff. Holy shit! I was talking to Tom earlier. Oh, it's been wild. Nine week tours, like it's been wild. And then a fuck. How long is this one? This is long too, right? This one, um, by the end, it's it's gonna be another. Um, so we got Five, we've had one week here couple days home another five weeks it's gonna be about gonna be about another nine weeks Jeez. yeah oh, oh but this one is like um we're we're just letting everybody know that we're back you know what i mean right we got the record we're we're working it as hard as we can so right yeah yeah i i hear you so you know, I, yeah yeah and i mean the fact of the matter is is like the demand is there so we're feeling good. We're not like run down or broken or anything like that. So that's cool. Yeah, yeah. No, it's good that you're back in. I'm like, uh, you know, no offense to the other guys, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, now that you're back in some 41, I'm like, all right, okay, yeah, no, it feels good. You know, uh, you know, when Brown Brigade was was around, I'm like. This is a band I can actually join. Yeah. I could join this band. Yeah. Absolutely. And it would make sense. Yeah. Totally. Um, I mean, like, it would make sense in the photos. <laughs> That's too bad. I would have, we would have had you in there for in a second. We were looking for a singer for a long, long time. Oh, fuck. I was like, did I? I'm, all, I'm a whore like that. I always, yeah. I always go, hey, man, you need a backup vocal. You yeah. Need <laughs> <No>. Nice. <laughs> but uh, that day that you, me, and Ian spent, in that photo thing. Yeah, absolutely. I was like, all we need is a drummer. I know, eh? What can we get? We'll get the the dude from the Dead Kennedys or something. I know, eh? <laughs> Jeez, man. We could get, yeah. And then it'll be uh, it'll be a brown brigade. Exactly. But uh, no, that was that was really cool. To, yeah, to yeah. It was it was a fun time for sure, yeah. yeah. So yeah. and then uh, it, I I remember it was Cherish from Cherry Colas that did did the makeup and yeah yeah like that, right yeah, yeah that's so, right yeah so that yeah. that was uh no, no no i remember now it was like 08 yeah cherry cola is so another like, another staple of our uh kind of like our hometown yeah yeah uh so that was what is it eight what is 17 minus eight whatever that is yeah that's how long that's that nice was. nine yeah, absolutely <laughs> i'm glad it didn't take a decade for us to hang out again yeah man that's yeah but you know we we're always like 
every now and then texting and liking each other's yeah. shit. I but see that's you on how, Instagram. Like, yeah, I mean, that's how that's whole how bodies is. work, though. You know what yeah. I mean? It'd be like yeah. nine years apart. It's like whatever. Yeah. I, I like. It's not really because I see where you are. I know where you are, Dave. Yeah, <laughs> I'm creeping you too, dude. Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, sometimes you post stuff on Instagram, going, "Yeah, I wonder if Dave's gonna see this." Or you know, you know, <laughs> check it. Out. You know, you know who it's following. Yeah, sometimes I'll like and I'll be like, "I oh, wonder this person's gonna see yeah. that I like their stuff." Check this yeah. out, man. Dave. Let's see. Yeah. Oh no, no, no. <laughs> I, I check out everyone. Everyone. I just who liked it? Yeah. Oh, liked it. <laughs> There's a lot of downtime. In yeah, Rockwell. yeah. There is. There is. Oh man. Oh, no. Especially. I mean, this tour has been. I've been. I'm not used to the West Coast schedule, so I am up at like eight in the morning, just eyes open. Just yeah. Like, oh man. Whereas Europe, it was like, I slept like. I slept like I had like some sort of like baby sleeping disease man it was yeah. like, like i slept till two or three every day i do that too yeah the other night we were all up at 6 30 in the morning all of us damn and we just went to the venue we're like what the fuck breakfast wasn't even coffee wasn't even up. <laughs> oh man coffee was gonna be up at quarter to eight Jeez. so we were all just like circling like waiting for the pot <laughs> it was crazy it's like a bunch of coffee yeah. sharks yeah it was like uh the second day of the tour wherever that was uh oh dawson, uh, creek. dawson creek yeah, yeah yeah it was in dawson creek yeah the place that smelled like livestock yes yeah that was weird yeah it was yeah it was a whiff i, I just a waft of it yeah and no I horses the, i just saw no horses i was thinking of the royal princess fair when i smelled livestock right yeah yeah but man yeah so okay where and tell me the story behind getting this death angel jacket yeah yeah i didn't wear i didn't you know i got this uh i think i got an 08 i've had this for years because it's nice. killing season yeah so uh it's a killing season death angel jacket and it was my most prized possession yeah so i kept it i did i kept it away from everything i never wore it never touched it so wait what oh, you're sitting in the sun right now I know but then yeah. I finally just said fuck it I gotta wear this thing yeah like yeah. come on I just so I, yeah so I busted it out just like the last few months oh man yeah there so it's like um, uh, the killing season they did this they did that album at Studio 606 Dave Grohl's yeah, yeah, studio yeah. absolutely so we recorded at Grohl's place for one album oh no way what was that like oh uh, Pretty amazing studio, amazing, nice. and we recorded with his producer Nick Roskalenix, who did. Yeah, a couple yeah of absolutely. Yeah. You must have run into that. Guy. Yeah, absolutely. So first day of the production, I walk in with a Death Angel hoodie, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Death Angel, I love Death Angel." Wah, wah. <laughs> I'm like, "Okay, great. This is a great way to start the yeah. production. We're on a good." And so I just texted one of the uh, Den from Death Angel. I'm like, yeah. "I'm sitting here in Girl's studio, and his producer is freaking out over your hoodie." Yeah. And then that was it. And then they were like, oh, shit, man. And, oh, and that's then rad. Rascalinux produced yeah, Killing Season. That's rad. So I think it was, a, like, it was a cool gesture on the guy's part. They got me this jacket with my name. And yeah, I don't crazy. think those guys realized. Because that jacket, too, it sparked like a conversation between me and uh, Papa Roach's Tech Cowboy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we were just like, oh, man, death metal. And then we started getting into, like, it's, it went from Death Angel to, like, Hard Work by Carcass, which, like... Oh, that's my favorite Carcass record. Dude, it, that record changed my life. Changed my life. Absolutely. I remember I was playing with... Um, I was playing with Embodiment at the time. No, Anatomy. 
I remember we... That sounds like a carcass band. Yeah. A carcass-inspired well, yeah, band. <laughs> I remember we named the band Anatomy because Megadeth had that Anatomy of Vic shirt out. Oh, I right? never saw that. Oh, okay. yeah. So we was just like, yeah, we're going to call the band Anatomy. And then uh, the guitar player was a guy named Clint Shingler. Unbelievably technical, technically talented. Right. Like, I couldn't believe how good this guy was. And uh, he's like, check this record out. So I went, and I was like, carcass hardware. I was like, oh, cover's kind of weird. Looks like pop, like I was because it was like glossy photo. I was like, oh, give it a shot. Put it in, and just like it stayed in my CD player for the longest time. Yeah, and it's it, a solid record. Yeah, it got to the point where like it was one of those those records where I owned the CD, the tape. Whoa! I had a backup tape in case the CD or the tape Whoa. went down. <laughs> it was like, yeah. yeah. I have a I have a Heartwork shirt. Nice. Yeah, there we go. So there we go. Sweet. So we got that. There's yeah, the connection there. You there. Go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, that's yeah. Like, uh, and even I even like put a pin over the Danko thing, like, because I was just a little shy. Like, you know, I just didn't really. Like, yeah. So JC and our band's like, take the pin out, man. Yeah, like, dude. No, like, all right. And now you got a pinhole in this nice mint condition jacket. I know. Too. I know. Oh, but yeah. Man. But yeah. No, it's cool. I, uh, I think. From what I remember them telling me, they made eight of them. Five for the band, one for Nick, one for me, and one for their DJ friend in San Francisco. Dude, that's incredible. Yeah, so that's why it was like my most prized possession I, I had. But now I'm, I, got, I got to wear it, so I'm wearing it. The weather's right for it, so. Let's hope there's no like heavy metal theft ring listening to this podcast when it comes out. I'm putting it away. <laughs> like, that's yeah. it. That's it. Be like, there's Danko. Let's get that. Let's get that one of eight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, yeah. It's how people have always said, like, uh, what's your most value? This is my most value. <laughs> but yeah, man. So yeah, that's that's the story of that. Yeah. But anyways, Dave, thanks a lot for being on the podcast oh, and uh, fucking have a good show tonight. Thanks for having me. You're a true gentleman as always. You too, man. Of course. Wake up every morning just to punch your